Welcome, all you liars, infidels, and fools. My name is Haley. And my name's Brandy. And we are Easy Killer. Easy Killer. Easy Killer. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump on here and correct myself about this episode. I made a mistake. I said that Joshua Komazarczewski was 31 years old at the time of the murders, but he was actually 27. I don't know why I said 31. Maybe that's when he got sentenced, but um, just if you hear me say 31, just imagine I'm saying 27, okay? Hey, everyone. What's up? What's crack-a-lackin'? Hmm. <laughs> I went back to 1998. Crack-a-lackin'? Crack-a-lackin'. I don't even know if that's the right year. Do not quote me. I'm going to put it on a shirt. <laughs> crack-a-lackin' from 1998. A new Brandy. merch coming soon. Crack-a-lackin'. I'm going to put your name at the bottom like you quoted it. Brandy said this. <laughs> that would be funny. Tonight, we got a good-ass case, you Yes, guys. we do. I'm excited. It might... It might stress some people out. It stresses me out. It stresses you out. It stressed me out. And so, I didn't even, I mean, I researched, I think, a majority of it for the past couple of days. And I just did the documentary. But I'm going to let Haley tell you guys a story. And, of course, I'm here for the shits and giggles. <laughs> the shits and giggles. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Haley. So, this one is, it's a heavy one. It's heavy. It's very heavy. Um, so, trigger warning. Trigger warning. There is lots of violence and fucked up shit that we're going to talk about. Warning. So, if you don't like hearing about fucked up shit, just go ahead and close it out. Yes. Your discretion is advised. Yeah. Anybody under the age of 18 should not be listening to this. Turn your fucking iPads off. <laughs> Right. <laughs> go outside and play. Yes. And if it's midnight, don't go outside. You could get kidnapped. Yeah, don't do that. We maybe we should maybe we shouldn't tell people to do stuff cuz then we could, you know. Right. Be held responsible. <laughs> don't do shit. Just listen, okay? Just listen to your parents, all right? <laughs> they know what's best. Okay, so tonight we are going to talk about the Cheshire murders. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with the Cheshire cat. It sure doesn't. Or Alice in Wonderland. And some people may call it the Cheshire, but it's not. It's Cheshire. It's not. It's Cheshire. Cheshire, Connecticut. We, look, this we looked it up. And I was looking around the Cheshire, Connecticut, you know, area. And it's kind of like in the middle of um, Beth Haven, Connecticut, kind of around there. And it's rich. I don't, I don't know anything about... I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know anything about geography. I'm just going to let you know. Yes. Anything in Connecticut's probably rich. And I mean, I'm pretty sure it's got some hoods, but nine times out of ten, if a place is called Cheshire, you best believe it's in the upper upper class. Yeah. Very, very upper class, I just would wealthy, say. wealthy. Um, so, yeah. So, it's in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, uh, that's up north. I do know that. Of the United States of America, if you're listening from another country. Yeah, and the Cheshire home invasion murders occurred on July 23rd, 2007. Oh, that's the day before my, after my birthday. 22nd, July 22nd is your birthday? Mm-hmm. Yes, that. it is. My birthday is in 20 days from now. Oh, yeah. The 23rd. I heard today that Shout your out. 53rd, uh, the 50. Third date after your birthday is your arch enemy. Hmm. 
I'll have to look that up later. Oh, yeah, Google it. <clears throat> well, I do have a few arch enemies, and they're the people that committed these murders. Right. But, fuck these guys. Yeah, fuck these guys. So, a little background on Cheshire. Cheshire. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Cheshire. Cheshire. Um, Brandy said, like, you know, it's, 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 it's a very, you know, upper class type of area. Quiet, peaceful. People explained it as a lot of family farms. You know, because people who have farms are right pretty well off. Um, Wish I had a farm. Yeah, they they work hard for their money, though. I will say that. Yeah. So, and then people look at these murders and they call it Cheshire's nine eleven. Basically, because you know they were living probably with their heads in the mm-hmm. clouds, ever, and not thinking no crime can happen to them. And that's how it typically is in these areas. They don't have crime. And when crime happens, it shakes them to their core. Yeah. And it's crazy because crime like this happens all the time in the city. Yeah. I mean, but they said, like, life was one way and then it was another way afterwards. Right, so, right. And, cause completely That's a good different. way to explain it. Yeah. Cheshire is, you know. They're not 11. And also, um, James Vanderbeek. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. I know. From Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. To be over. Sorry if we just blew your speakers out. Yeah, because I hit a note that was <laughs> he, not even known. He is from Cheshire, Connecticut. Mm. That's just a little fun fact. That I bet I found you he, out. Uh, he was probably. Did he, you know, give any condolences? I don't know. I'm sure he was out of the out of the town by then. That's just where he was. Born. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get it. So. <clears throat> The family that we are going to be discussing tonight is the Pettit family. And while other people have pronounced it Petit, it is Pettit. Pettit is the last name, Pettit. I I do my research on pronunciations. Mm Mm-hmm. She does. Except I didn't do my research on the Cheshire pronunciation. Brandy was like, how do you pronounce it? And I was like... That was me. It's Cheshire. I was like, well, this dude she was like, documentary just Well, they're Cheshire. saying it another way. And I was like, okay, well, I'll look it up. Sure enough, I was wrong. So, I'm, I'm glad we figured it out before we started recording, though. Could you believe... I would have I re-recorded the whole video if we were saying it wrong the whole time. So, the Pettit family. We have William or Bill Pettit. Who was a doctor. Yeah, he was a doctor. He was an endocrinologist. Ooh, what did they do? Uh, well, they study the endocrine system, which I don't ask me exactly what that is, but I should know because I see an endocrinologist, but it's because I'm a type one diabetic and they oh, take, okay. they like, uh, handle diabetes and stuff. Oh, watch out. Okay. Careful. <laughs> don't you knock your water I know. over. I was a wallering over here and almost took out the entire setup. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he was an endocrinologist and he was... 51 years old at the time of this, and his wife, Jennifer Hawk Pettit, she was 48, and they had two daughters, Haley Pettit, who was 17, and Michaela Pettit, who was 11. And it's creepy because Haley is spelled the exact same way as mine. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I know. I always, I always felt really weird because, like, how old was Haley? And uh, she was seventeen. Haley was seventeen, and, and Kayla was 11. eleven. So in tw- in two thousand seven, I was fourteen years right. old. So I was like dead smack in the middle right, of them, yeah. basically. You know, so I don't even know how old I was. Yeah. So basically, their background. Um, Jennifer was like 
the popular girl girl at school. She was lead in the school play, homecoming right. queen. You know, they uh, her sister said she had a winner's personality. And she raised over $50,000 for muscular... For MS? Multiple sclerosis. Yeah. Yeah. So she was a go-getter, that's for sure. Well, that was her daughter that raised her, that raised that. Oh, yeah, the daughter. I'm sorry. Oh, the you're 17 fine. 17-year-old. <laughs> she had a good head on her shoulder. Yeah. It seemed like well, they, they both did. They, they, yeah, they both did. Um, so Bill was, you know, an endocrinologist, and he was also the medical director at the Jocelyn Diabetes Center. Okay. At Connecticut Central Hospital. So, he worked um, long hours, they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really long hours. Well, most doctors do. I, I mm-hmm. think they said that he would he would get up and leave at 7 in the morning and he wouldn't be home until like after 9 o'clock sometimes. Right, right. You know, so he was he was a, a go-getter like all of them were, really. And Jennifer also had a background in um, health care. She was mm-hmm. a nurse and she was a co-director of the health center at the Cheshire Academy, which was like a private boarding school and that's how they met they met at uh while they were working at a children's oncology yeah, and she and he's, he was arguing over something they were arguing over something about how to how to take the uh patients like blood blood pressure pr- yeah something. blood pressure yeah. and she like proved him wrong and told um, him off or whatever <laughs> and he was like i love you like be with me now forever <laughs> Take me in your hand. You're obviously smarter than I am, and I right. need someone like that in my life. Right. So, yeah, she was a nurse. He was a med That's student. That's a nurse's dream for the doctor to fall in love with her. Right. They got married um, in 1985. Haley was born in 1989. Michaela was born in 1995. And they were very, obviously, a nurse and a doctor. They were very well off. Right. But they weren't, like, they had, like, a, a like a nice house. It was yeah. pretty big. It didn't look like but a mansion, but they, it looked like one of those really nice houses that was probably worth, like, $500,000 yeah. in those upscale neighborhoods. It was really, it was a really nice house. I'm not trying it to, like, modest. downplay it at all. But I think it was modest. But they were not, like, the type of people that were, like, flashy with their yeah, money. Yeah, they didn't, yeah, they wasn't, yeah. They drove, like, you know modest cars and right. things like you know what i mean they weren't like oh they i have like so normal, much money yeah they look like your normal you know, suburban um definitely white, you know religious family that would yeah. just be about um, each other i guess and Haley had just graduated high school from this school called Miss Porter School, which sounds very, very prestigious, if you ask me. Right. And it is prestigious because Jackie Kennedy and Gloria Vanderbilt were both students there at one Oh, time. God. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? She reminds me of that she would be like one of those Gossip Girls. Maybe. Have you ever seen the show Gossip Girls? This yeah, podcast. Yeah, she wasn't very... It's <laughs> uh, brought to you by Gossip Girl. She wasn't very, like... I mean, she was girly, but she was very sporty. Okay. She yeah. played a lot of sports. She was like cross country runner. She played basketball. She was a like a rower. So like Damn, she man. was in really good shape and she was on, you know, the honor roll and all that stuff. And she had just been accepted at Dartmouth oh University. My God. That's just Which is I'm pretty sure it's one of the Ivy Leagues. It really is an Ivy League. I don't know though. Don't quote me on that. It's yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a prestigious school it college. Is. Um and she was gonna attend that fall. And uh, major in biology. Man, she would have 
been a great extension to this. Oh home. my god, that felt like they both would have. Right. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean. Yeah. I'm not giving one props and not the other, but I, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I feel like they it's had just so their sad. stuff together for as, as young as they were. I think it's sad regardless when a kid gets yeah, obviously, killed. Obviously, yeah. But it is also sad when you know that they're gonna be like every kid. They would have do done. They so. would have done great things. Yeah, they would have. But um, their mom, as you mentioned earlier, had multiple sclerosis, MS. And Haley had a foundation called Haley's Hope, and she raised raised over fifty thousand dollars for MS research. That's right. And um, Michaela was described as shy, but was always very like very helpful to people and always willing to help out and you know do like just whatever she could to help out her neighbor. You know, right? Yeah. So just your everyday, just nice female, nice. You know, teenager. Yeah. And after Haley left for college, uh, Michaela had planned on taking over Haley's Hope and renaming it Michaela's Miracle. Oh, Isn't that sweet? That is sweet. Yeah. So sad. So, <clears throat> basically, they were your all-American family and they got everything taken from them. In, like, a flash. Right. In an instant. One day, everything's going great. Next day, your whole life is gone. Yeah. So, we had some, uh, we have some home invaders on our hands. Right. I'm not even going to call them home invaders. They're fucking murderers. They are murderers. They're fucking scum of the earth murderers. Um, but anyways, I'm not, I'm not going to go, like, too, too far back into their, uh, you know, I have, I have quite a few notes on their backgrounds, but right. I don't want to, I don't want to give them too much airtime. I know everybody wants to know about the background of, you know, because they are the ones that had the fucked up lives right. and everything. Yeah. And I'll, trust me, I'll touch on everything, but I'm not going to go, like, ridiculously in depth. Right. This because... is a story also of misjustice. Yeah. And a lot of fuck up and, you know, I think this, I think the police dropped the ball also. And I think it was a long line of them dropping the ball. Is The way that these, you know, individuals, um, rap sheets read to me. Yeah. It seemed like, why were they Neither one out? of them should have, yeah, should have even. They should have been, been in jail. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely a Our tale prison. of misjustice. Right. So, um, we'll start with uh, Komazarjevsky. Right. Because I love to say his name. I'm glad As much you as I hate the motherfucker. I, what was his name? His name is Joshua Komazarjevsky. Joshua. <laughs> don't, don't even know. try. Yeah, I'm, just call him Joshua. I'm just going to call him Joshua. <laughs> he was 31 in uh, 2007. So, um, yeah, he was born um, to a mother who was 16 years old at the time. Right. And she put him up for adoption. He was adopted by... Um, a very prestigious family, uh, Benedict and Jude Komazarjewski. Yeah, very wealthy individual. He was so the... He had, he had a choice. Yeah. He was the grandson of a theatrical director who's named Theodore Komazarjewski. He has his own Wikipedia page, so I guess he was like... Somebody. <laughs> legit. Right. You know? So, he was... In a kind of, even though he was adopted, he was kind of in like a foster care type of situation because his parents like adopted a lot of children. Right. Like, so they probably just did it for clout. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was for clout or, but I mean, but just, they just, they had foster children. They had, um, developmentally, developmentally disabled, disabled yeah. children. They had, uh, teenagers that had been abused. It was kind of just like, they just like took in troubled you know, kids, yeah, so. which could turn out to be problematic yeah. when you got a bunch of troubled kids living under the same roof. There's no attention. Um, There's just money being thrown. So, my opinion. In 1985, they moved to Cheshire, Connecticut, and they moved on to this farm who was owned by Benedict's parents. Right. Benedict. Benedict. Um, He was homeschooled. He um, claimed he was sexually abused, you know, a lot. At their house? I don't don't know the details of it, but... um, I don't, I don't know More who he likely, was abused by. I don't think it was his parents, but he just said he was yeah. sexually abused. But whenever he told his parents, his parents, like, blamed him for it because it was, like, a man, obviously, that molested him. Right. And so anything in their mind, if you're being molested by another man, that's, like, homosexuality and that's, like... A sin to them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... He was kind of, like, blamed for it when he, like, told his parents, like, hey, somebody's touching me. Right. You know, um... So, he was also accused of sexually assaulting his sister when he was young. I don't know exactly what age he was, but started smoking crystal meth at 14. Oh, wow. God, he got on. He, he's, he's, he did not pass go. Did Mm-mm. not collect $200. He went straight to fucking crystal meth. Yep. And that is some shit. And he also found out about his adoption when he was 14. Oh, he apparently didn't know he was adopted my either. God. Could you imagine? <laughs> You're adopted and you just smoke crystal meth. And, and then, oh, there's more. And when he was 14, that's when he committed his first burglary. Oh, and it did... Let's stop on this raggedy motherfucker. Um, he also was very fucking intelligent. Very smart. Had a mm-hmm. photographic memory. He was know? a he was an amazing artist, yes. I will say. I saw some of his, his well, art. fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. We're not... Like I said, we're not going to glorify him at all, but... I'm not... You know... I just wanted them to know how he was so, he was very intelligent, and it's sad that that went to waste. He used his intelligent for, for evil. evil. And he would break, yep. he would break into sheriffs, cops, anybody's fucking house, and the therapist said that he would just walk around to each room and listen to them Watch breathe. Watch sleep. Ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. We got a fucking psychopath here. I'm sorry, but if I'm a therapist and some motherfucker says to me, hey, um... I like to hear people breathe when I break into their house. I'm going to, like, think you need to be fucking committed. Right. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, he also had gotten caught peeking into, like, yeah, neighbor it's, girls' it's window. yeah, Windows. You, know, you knew right then and there there was um, some sex, sexual deviancy right there. He had 18 home invasions total. Oh and this God. was in 2002. And he was convicted of 12 of the 18 home invasions and was sentenced to nine years in prison but this is where we get shysty. Right. He was paroled after five years in April 2007, which was three months before the murders. Right. See, he should so, still have been in jail. Yeah. And yeah. what happened. These motherfuckers act like, Prison. oh, I got out on good behavior because I'm so good. And then as soon as they get out, they're the like. low, buddy. Especially in the Connecticut prison, I bet. Mm-mm. Ugh. So, okay. Basically, the reason why he got out on parole was another fuck up. Um, his, the prosecutors are apparently supposed to send transcripts of the sentencing proceedings to the parole board 
whenever the people are up for parole. But due to an error in the court, it didn't, they didn't get the transcripts. So they were like, all right, stamp, this guy can go through, he's good. So that led to him being paroled three months before he committed these murders. My God. Which is fucked up. It makes me so mad. Like, you think about there's motherfuckers in jail for marijuana. Right. For the rest of their life. But you're allowing a fucking crazy motherfucker to be out on the streets who could who 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 doesn't you know eventually do so much damage to one community i mean yeah. it's stupid as shit so he was out in 2007 he had a he got a girlfriend who's named caroline and she was a reverend's daughter yeah <laughs> did you like in the documentary she was like i knew he was my soulmate and yeah I was thinking, she why was, are we talking to her uh, yeah i mean why are we listening to this? i didn't i didn't like the way she talked about him but i did i did want to talk about how her father said that he like her father right. thought that he was a pedophile yeah because he was 31 years old and she was 18 like right. it just turned 18 and he said the only reason that she was with her he was with her was because she looked young which yeah. she did yeah and look he very said young. to him I think you're a pedophile and what else they say? Um, a criminal. Yeah. Well, so he was right. <laughs> like check and check. And she said that she, he liked to tie her up. BDSM. Yep. Yeah. He was into into bondage. Which is nothing wrong with that when it's um, consensual and. But it does it does kind of uh, set the tone for some shit that went off in this murder. Right. So. Right. Um. You know she. Whatever. That yeah. that's enough about fuck him. him. That's him. enough about him. Now we got Stephen Hayes, who was forty four years old, and his brothers fucking hate him. And I love his brothers for hating. Him yeah, his were... brothers was like, just kill him. Yeah, in, <laughs> the, like, in the Cheshire Murders, it's an HBO documentary. I felt bad for the dad. Um, the, the I mean, not the daughter. Oh yeah, I don't know. Her daughter. She's... I think she's just in denial. Stephen's daughter. daughter. Oh yeah, she was kind of in denial a little like, bit. I he took said he loves me, but it could be just yeah. Like I took out. I, t- I had I had a part about hair on here, but I took that out because I was like, I don't even want to talk about her. Right. Uh, I mean, no, no offense to her. You know, she didn't do anything wrong. But right. he was forty four years old. Um, he I think I said that already. But yep. anyways, um, he was very abusive and manipulative towards his brothers, which mm-hmm. they talked about. Yep. And um, at 15, he was sent to a psychiatric hospital for being fucking crazy. Right. Um, and he was abused, sexually abused as a child. He had a two, he had a son and a daughter. They didn't interview his son in the right. documentary. That was my dad. I'd be like, just let him die. Right. Um, Fuck that. So yeah, he had a he had a lengthy record as well. He had car burglaries. He would do it during the daytime. He didn't give a fuck. He was like, I'm going to get my shit. Right. He, he, Which I've had people had fucking time. break into my car before. And I'm, fuck you if you're listening. Right. Fuck you. If you break, break into, cars, into her car, fuck guy. you. Don't break into people's cars. That's not good. In broad daylight, too. His last... Just... Exactly. In broad daylight. Like, <laughs> at least the people that day? broke into my car waited until it was dark outside. Like, do you just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to fucking throw a brick through a window and I'm going to steal a goddamn car. Or I'm going to fucking rob somebody today. You just come... Like, I never... like Can't relate. Can't relate. No bum shit. Nope. His last arrest before the murders was in 2004... Um, he smashed a car window with a rock and stole a woman's purse. And he was paroled in 2006 after that happened. Right. I don't know the details of his parole. 
why he was paroled, but I guess I guess he really didn't do he didn't really do anything violent at this um, time. He, he also peed dirty and he had to end up going back to jail. So that could have been it. Yeah. He violated his parole. He went back and then he got out again. Yeah. So after he got out, he was sent to a halfway house. And that's where he met. And that's where he met Joshua Komazarzewski. Right. So. And that's how they met. But he also, Stephen also knew the Bible front to back. And he was kind of manipulating, I think, Josh in a sense. Mm-hmm. Even though Josh ain't innocent at all whatsoever, fuck him. No, um, neither one. Of they them kind are. of got together and was kind of probably manipulating one or the other. Yeah, each other is is you know ways to find ways to make money. Basically, is what Josh said. And th- you know, I kind of was upset at the fact that the documentary they kept saying. Uh, I kind of felt like they were trying to give sympathy to Stephen. Yeah. Like, it, he didn't do, like, get the fuck out it doesn't, of here. And that's what, yeah, that's what I was telling Dusty the other day when I was watching it. I was like, because they were just, like, going back and forth, which we'll get into all of this, but right. they were going back and forth as to, like, who did what. And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter who did what. Like, right. no fucking, whatever. Same okay, thing. I'm already getting mad and I haven't even gotten there yet. <laughs> just to let you know, this this, this podcast is sponsored by... HBO Max. HBO Max. This podcast is sponsored by the anger management that you're going to have to get after you listen to this. Yes. So, um, a few days before the murder, this is another thing that pissed me off, which, in hindsight, you know, wasn't wasn't his brother's fault. Right. Okay, so a few days, (coughs) excuse me, a few days before the murder, um, Stephen broke three of his brother's ribs and gave him a black eye during a physical altercation. Right, and... He should have went to jail for that. Yeah, and he said that he didn't have him arrested or press charges, but he said in hindsight he would have because then he would have violated his probation and he would have been sent back to prison three days before this murder happened and it would have never happened. Right. Could you imagine the guilt that he must feel? Right. I would feel guilty. I would feel guilty. I mean, mean, it's not not his fault, but at the same time, like, it just chain of chain of reactions right you know like it's just crazy it's just the one-way train never coming back yeah one way train never come back i love that song <laughs> way on a one way train. did you know that have you ever watched the music video to that? yes it scared me when it's i was a kid I used to, it's got I used missing to think kids, kids on it i swear shit. to god i used to think that being kidnapped was going to be more of a problem when i was that age me because too. of that video oh my god i was that so creepy man i was so paranoid when i was when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. I was so, I, t- I told my parents, I was like, mom, I'm going to get kidnapped. Yeah. It's going to happen. I really did think that. I slept with a knife kid. by my bed when I was yeah. like eight years old. Damn. I was paranoid as fuck. You were I don't know what. It's cause, it's cause I was watching Unsolved Mysteries. Me too. And shit. And I shouldn't have been Your fucking listening to, was going off listening to fucking time. Soul Asylum and shit. <laughs> like, God. So anyways. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, it's, it was scary. Hey, cheers to us, though. We didn't get fucking kidnapped yet. Right, thank God. It's because I'm so this glad far. I'm fat now because, like, you, you're going to have to work to get me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have to be doing some... You're going to do some damage to your back, buddy, trying to pick all this up. That's and funny. believe me, you're going to have to do that with me trying to grab your... Uh, claw your goddamn eyes out and kill you because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm ready. I'm ready for you if you try to come kill me. I'm not in the fucking mood, you goddamn serial killers. Right. Here we go. Okay. Let's get back into the fun stuff. I had to bring up some some laughing because yeah, it's about glad, to get dark. Again. I'm glad we went on that tangent before this. <laughs> um, so, 
He didn't press charges on his brother. So his mom kicked him out of the house. So he's feeling, he's spiraling out of control. He's He's feeling like, I'm losing everything. Even though, buddy, you was sleeping on your fucking mom's couch. Come on now. She was like, you need to get your shit together and you need to get out of my house and you need to go to a halfway house and get off these drugs that you're on and get your shit together. So she was like, get out of here. So he left and he went to a hotel room and he has this big drug binge where he gets Mm -hmm. high on crack and heroin. And this was the Friday and Saturday actually before the, yeah, it was the weekend leading up to the murders. Um, so he was, and so he tried to kill himself. Um, I, I guess he was trying to like overdose or right. something. I don't know. Um, but he was like upset that he failed the suicide. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. But he, he was upset that he failed the suicide attempt because I don't condemn suicide. But I, I don't either. But yeah, him. yeah, I yeah. Would have really happened. So he decides to go to an AA meeting in Hartford, Connecticut. And then that's when he runs into old Joshua Karmazardowski. Yep, and then two lesser people that are like the scum of the earth. When they get together and start scheming, ain't no telling what's going to fucking happen. Ain't no telling. But we know what's going to happen. There is there is telling here. Right, we're going to tell you. We're going to tell you. We're telling every bit of it today. So he Joshua was like, hey, you want to make some real money? I can hear his little you uh, know? fiend ass. Fink out ass. Hey man, you wanna go over here and make some some cash, some killers, some skrilla, yeah. whatever. However people talk, I don't know why I <laughs> had that commentary in my head. Like see him over like like cracked <laughs> out. Hey, I want my meth burger. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all the methamphetamine. That's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> I want my meth burger. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's fast forward, not really fast forward, but it's Sunday evening, the night before the murders, technically. July 22nd. July 22nd, yeah. And so Jennifer and Michaela, Michaela is the young, the younger girl who was 11. Beautiful blonde hair. They went to the Stop and Shop in Cheshire, Connecticut to get groceries for dinner because Michaela wanted to make dinner for everybody because she was a sweet girl. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Too bad they had to do a dinner that night. Yeah. So, they got groceries. And so, while they're shopping for their groceries, Joshua Komazardewski is there by chance and is waiting to get paid by a contractor that he was working for. Damn, man. Just the way it lined, mm-hmm. lined up. You it's were right. The One stars line. Yep. Well. So, they... uh there's surveillance of him, you know, standing at the ATM behind the guy that's, like, paying him. And then there's also surveillance of Jennifer and Michaela walking around the stop and shop grocery right. store. So, Komazardewski sees Michaela because he's a fucking pedophile. And, and he, he notices him, young yeah. girls. So, he sees her and he's like, oh, she's cute. And, um, he, like, they, you know, they go out to their car and he's in his car and he's watching them. And he sees they get into a, you know, a decent looking car. Right. He's, so, he's stalking at this point. So, they pull out and he said just on a whim he decided to follow them. He has to have done this. You don't just on a whim decide, you know what, I'm gonna fucking follow these people well no he's done it before obviously he's done it before yeah some shit that 
a right. Yeah. So he's he follows them, and then he sees the house, and he's like, "Ooh, that house is me likey." And let's yeah, <laughs> fucking lame. So I don't know about y'all, but when I was a kid, I used to because I grew up really poor. I used to, and this is what shocks me about him, but I can see it from me. When I was a kid, I used to drive around really poor in the really nice neighborhoods, and we would tag out our houses, meaning when we rolled past the house, we'd be like, that's going to be my house. Right. That's going to be my that house. That house on Palatka with, yeah. with the big bay window. Everybody says that. love that Yes, house. everybody does. <laughs> everybody does. So, him and his older girlfriend, what was her name? Caroline. Caroline, they used to do that. And she said all he wanted was a family. That he was just a hopeless romantic. Oh, oh he's trash. Oh, so, you see, you what are. happened, and what I don't understand is, he already is accustomed to nice fucking things. Mm-hmm. Did they kick him out at some point? Could he not go back home to his nice stuff? Because that's the only way I could think that some motherfucker who was literally born around everything. Yeah. Would still work. well, like you said, maybe maybe it was because his family life was kind of fucked up, even though he was adopted and right. supposed to be given a better life. He still got fucking sexually abused and you right. know sexually abused others and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it was that he just wanted a family, you know what I mean? And he saw them and was like, oh, they, you know, they have a there's a nice family. It might be nice to be in that house with them one day. Is Damn, what he said. You know how much balls you gotta have. To just see somebody He's got a lot of fucking balls, I'll tell you. And it happens that night, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, he they... He goes back and gets Steven? Um, let me see. I got I got lost here on my notes. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm pretty sure... Was Steven there with him? No, he wasn't with him at the time. Um, so, <clears throat> Michaela... deserves death. Michaela made dinner for the family, and then they watched Army Wives and went to bed. I never watched Army Wives. Did you ever watch that? I try to get into it. I'm a big Desperate Housewives fan. I don't like sappy. I don't like sappy shit. And that seems like it would be really sappy. I like Desperate Housewives because they get... It's just... I love it, okay? But Army Wives, I couldn't get get into it. Get crook, motherfucker. Get crook. (laughs) I couldn't get into Army Wives. So, can you imagine just, you know, eating dinner like a normal fucking night? Normal Sunday night. Yeah. So... That freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. Well, he was texting. He was texting back and forth with with uh, Stephen Hayes. So after he saw where they lived, he s- decided to text Stephen or call Stephen or what? I don't remember what it was exactly. But he got Stephen's attention by telling him that he found this house. Right. So um, Haley went to sleep in her bedroom, and Jennifer and Michaela fell asleep in Jennifer's bed, which I can also relate to because at the, at that age, when yeah. I was eleven years old, I was like up my mom's ass all the time like I wanted to like sleep in her bed constantly I was like I had really bad like separation anxiety and I wanted to like I wanted to sleep in her bed every night so I can relate to that and that just makes it that much more heartbreaking what's about for what's about to happen right that's how it's scary because that's exactly how me and my daughter are if nine times out of ten, I'm either sleeping in her bed with her or she right. came to fall asleep in my bed and I have to move her to hers. But mm-hmm. um, My I, dad used to get pissed. I got it. Yeah. I, I had to get a bigger <laughs> bed. Like, you need to get out of my bed. I had to get a bigger bed because my stepson's the same way with his father. So, like, he'll, like, come in and, like, they'll, like, lay in the bed with us and we'll watch a movie or something and then we'll have to move them to mm-hmm. their beds. But it's so scary to think that all that, you know was taken like that fat and it's 
it's just it's scary because I think a lot of people can relate just to be yeah having you know your kid or you making dinner and you're just doing normal life shit and somebody just out of nowhere decides to rip that from you yeah and so Bill was he fell asleep reading a book on the uh, they had like a sunroom like a screened in porch yeah area and there was a couch in there he fell asleep reading on the couch so all the girls were upstairs and he was downstairs. So, I'm going to read you some of these, uh, just a few text messages between Hayes and Komazardovsky. Okay. Um, I don't even want to re- refer to them by their first names because I feel like that gives them... They're garbage. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck them. So, Hayes, Stephen Hayes says, I'm chopping at the bit to get at it. I need a margarita soon. Who the fuck <laughs> says I need a margarita soon? <laughs> What is he, like a fucking 37-year-old female who just worked a long day? God damn, you're about to break into somebody's house, bitch. Order a beer. Right. So, Combs Arjewski is, is at his house, and he has a daughter, which they don't talk a whole lot about her in the documentary, but he had a, like, like little young daughter. I don't know how, how old she was or where she came from. Damn, I don't I didn't know. Even know that. But he was putting her to bed, and... Ho, 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 hold the fuck up. Oh, hold the fuck up. Yes, he was putting he was putting her to bed while Stephen Hayes was texting him about going in to rob this house. Absolutely. Okay, so the Joshua boy guy, man, fucking garbage man, um, he fucking was that, he went back home after finding out where they lived. Yeah. And was putting his daughter down. Because he had to wait. He couldn't just Who go. Who did he have a kid he with? Could, I, say, don't, I don't know. I thought it was the Caroline. I don't know. No, bitch. it wasn't Caroline. Okay. Um, but he... He couldn't just do it right then and there. He had to wait for them to go to bed. He couldn't just be like, all right, I'm going to just... He had to He had to buy his time, you know? Right. So he went back home and he was putting his kid to bed. So Komazardewski replies back to Stephen Hayes and says, I'm putting the kid to bed. Hold your horses. And so Hayes is like, are we still on? Are we still on? Dude, the horses want to get loose. LOL. What the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that the mean? The horses want to get loose. The horses want to get loose. All right, and we're just going to leave it at that because I'm He's over garbage. it. I'm already over it. How the fuck do you put your kid down and you know what the fuck you're about to... Okay, so... I got to breathe because I fucking... Just breathe. There's one thing I hate in this world and a pedophile is fucking one of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, they... So they pulled up. They parked their car like a few houses down and walked walked in. And, um, they oh, didn't, they, right. So they, they got in through the basement door, which it was like a, ba- it was like a, not like a walkout basement, but it, you know how sometimes houses have basements. Two doors that w- yeah, out? kind of. I think that's what it was. The storm doors that you would that were, pull with two hands and they opened up. Yeah. Yeah. They got in through that and it was unlocked. So they, so Joshua came in and he got up there and he sees Bill Pettit laying on the couch. Right. So, they decide, as he was coming up from the basement, he saw a baseball bat, and he grabbed a baseball bat. Damn. And he went up there, and then he hit uh, Bill Pettit in the head four to five times. The guy was asleep. With a baseball bat. But while they were beating him, they told him that, that they were not there to kill him, but they just wanted his money. So, they're beating him. Yeah. And they're like, we don't want to do nothing else. We just want your money. Yeah. So, as they're beating him, they're like, where's the safe? Don't they realize that rich people don't have money on them? No, and that's why they're stupid. People are dumb. Don't y'all realize that, robbers? 
people that want to rob people. Nobody just has a bunch of money sitting on them. That's just shit's at the bank. Go rob a goddamn bank. I mean, don't rob a bank, but don't <laughs> fucking rob innocent people. Right. They can't help it that they worked their heart. Their parents worked their life, and they worked. They have their hard workers. It never. I never understood that. I'm gonna go rob them because they're doing clearly better than I am. They're sitting on million. They're millionaires. So he asked them where's the, where his safe was, and he said that he didn't have a safe. Right. Cause so I don't know if they. I don't. I don't think they believed that he didn't have a safe or something. I don't know. So they decided to take him down to the basement, and yeah, they tied him up person, by yeah. his wrists and his ankles to this pole in the basement. Had some pillows under him, or something. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there's pillows. Scene. We'll we'll be uploading the uh, we'll be uploading some of the photos to our Instagram yeah. after this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said he remembers one of the perpetrators telling the other he doesn't remember which one it was, but he remembers some one of them saying if he moves, put two bullets in him. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna die. He has right. multiple wounds to the head and his face. He was like fading in and out of consciousness, like. It was just, it's crazy. So, they decide to go upstairs, and they put their hands over Michaela and Jennifer's mouths, and, like, gently, they say they gently shook them awake. I wonder if they knew there was a third one. Um, or a second daughter. Do what? Like, I wonder, I knew they knew about Jennifer and Michaela, clearly, that's why they were there. hmm But, I wonder if... Seeing the dad on there kind of spooked them because they probably didn't know that a man and now another person. I bet you they just in their head thought it was just going to be them two there. Well, you always gotta you always gotta assume that there's going to be a man there that's going to you know. Right, I, mean? I would. But <clears throat> I mean, they were they were just the type not shit like this doesn't happen where they're from, and they probably weren't thinking, and they, you know, like I remember her sister in the documentary saying that. Her sister didn't, Jennifer didn't have blinds on the windows. Right. It would kill me. I would, no, there's no way I can just have my windows open all the time. Right. Do you know how much fucking window treatments are, though? I, like, just wanted to look up some different blinds, and I know this is off topic, but that shit's expensive, but you would think being that, you know, wealthy, that they would at least have windows. You know, why do rich people do that? Like They just felt, I guess they just felt secure and they liked the natural light. I don't know. I mean, I, I can understand the natural light you part, know? but fudge. It ain't their fault. I'm not saying it is. I just, I guess because I'm such an anxiety-ridden person, I'm kind of like, there ain't no fucking way in hell I could be somewhere without something, you no. know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Somebody looking in or something. Oh. So they get Michaela out of her bed, or out of Jennifer's bed, and they put Michaela into her own bed, and they tie her by her wrists and her ankles to, like, the bedposts, and then they also did this to Haley, who was in her own room, Mm -hmm. and then they placed pillowcases over their heads, and they told them, again, like they told Bill Pettit, that they were not there to hurt them, but they were just there to get cash and then leave. So they continue looking for this cash, and they don't find any. So they get heated. So, and they also don't find, like, anything of real value. I think they said that Jennifer didn't really have that many, that much jewelry. Right. Or anything like that. Like they, so they, they weren't, people, they they weren't flashy like, people. Right, all their money was in the bank like a normal fucking adult. Yeah. So then, while they were ransacking the house, they found their bank statement that had 
for somewhere around $40,000 in it. So they decide, well, we're going to take her to the bank and we're going to steal $15,000 of this because we don't want to raise any red flags and make the bank think that anything's wrong by taking out more than that. But if they really understood how shit works, they would know that you can't just go to the bank and fucking withdraw $15,000. over $9,999 is going to be tied. That you have to sign something for that. Did yeah. you know that? Like, you cannot withdraw more than Yeah, $9, and they said, they said the only reason that the bank ended up giving her that money was because of the situation. Right. That normally they would not do that. And that Bill Pettit would have to... Even if they were going to do it, Bill would have to be with Jennifer because there were both names were on the bank statement. So they would both have to be there in person to make a withdrawal that large. Right. And right so, there, they shouldn't have gave her the money anyway. Well, I don't. <laughs> All right there. I mean, don't even get me started. The people exactly. At the bank. God damn. All right. So we're not at the bank yet. But no, we're we not at there, the bank I've yet. got some shit to say. We're heading there. So, they see this, and so, for some reason, this shows premeditation in my in my eyes. It does. Stephen Hayes, there's surveillance video from a gas station showing him getting $10 worth of gas into two different gas cans, and then he went back to the Pettit home with this gas. What are you going to do with the gas, partner? Right. right. What you doing with all that gas? Right, you know, his so, ass, he's a, he knew what the fuck he was doing. He's a he's a very heightened criminal. He's been doing it most of his life. He knew what he was doing. He can play that bullshit for play that little fucking violin. He ain't playing it on he, this podcast. Right. No, hell no. <laughs> we know what you was doing, buddy. You knew if it, you knew the moment they saw your face, you had to kill them. Yeah, why didn't they wear masks either? Because they wanted to kill Doesn't somebody. Make sense. Clearly. They wanted to sexually well, according, assault according or kill to them, according to them, this was something that went completely wrong because they say that they had no intention of killing them. But I don't believe that. I mean, so, I can see where maybe they thought they was going to get this money from the bank, and then she fucking you know did her thing, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to say it. you could say it, and then you know. Shit just goes south. I can feel that. I can get that being like that. Yeah. But, well, the bank opened at nine a.m. So, can you around eight forty-five they leave to go to the bank? Being a teller, and you're just sitting there, and it's like I'm sure you it just happens opened, more often than you would think. And you just open, like, and you see this disheveled person come walking in. <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah, she's very disheveled at this point, um, but. Bill, who was still alive in the basement, he recalled hearing Jennifer pleading with two of the men, asking them, asking for them to get her purse so she could take her purse with her to the bank because they said the bank would know that something was up if she came in without her purse. Right, yeah. Bank's going to know something's up if you have, or withdrawn $15,000, but. Right, yeah, they're going to know, yeah. So between 9.15 and 9.20, Jennifer arrived at the bank and she informed the bank teller that people, the, these two men were holding her family hostage and threatening to kill them. So this is when the teller notifies the manager who allowed the teller to give Jennifer the $15,000. Right. Which honestly, I don't know what, what are you going to do in that situation? I mean, I don't, I don't Clearly know. Clearly one of them is with her there, right? 
Yeah, she's standing. She's, and who's with the other, the girls at back at the house? Joshua Cummins or Defsky is there with both of the oh, girls. Okay, so the weak one, Stephen, is kind of with her. Uh huh. And he's, t- of course, telling them, like, you know, you better not set off any alarms, better not tell anybody about what's going on. But yeah. she had to tell them in order to get the money. Right. Because she's thinking in her head, and I really think that she truly thought that There's if she got this money, that they would that they would leave them and let them alone. And a lot of people were saying, like, well, why did she, you know, go back to the house? She went back to the house because she has two fucking kids there. Right, I'm going hellfire everywhere, and you got this sick motherfucker, which ain't no telling what the fuck he's been doing. Right. She probably wasn't thinking clearly. I she think no, a hundred percent. Kids back. I'm like, not even a mom, but I can understand a mother is not going to sit there and leave their their child in that situation willingly. She's no. like, I'm going back and I'm going to try to fucking save my kids. Right. You know, I'm going to tell them straight up shoot. And me at this point, she doesn't know what the fuck's going on with her husband either. She, she hasn't yeah, seen she him. She hasn't seen her husband. No. Her kids are probably being sexually assaulted. Maybe in front of her. We don't know. I don't know. You haven't said anything about it, but. Nine times out of ten, I'd be worried about my kids being fucked with, and that's why Josh wanted them to leave mm-hmm. to go get the money. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the money was a lot of it. I think he seen that girl and he wanted to do things. Yeah, with her, well, yeah, and I think that that's, and then it just led into the money after he found the bank statements. But I think he needed a moment to be away and not be judged, because even I feel like he probably would have been judged. Because Steven's family said, the burglaries and all that, yeah, that sounds like him. Not the stuff with the kids. Like, yeah, well, he didn't, He Steven didn't do anything to the children. Right, so. But, I mean, other than kill them. Right. <laughs> so, right. which is bad enough. <laughs> So, okay, back to the bank. The manager runs into a dark office where she calls 911 and is watching through the blinds and sees Jennifer, yeah. sees Jennifer getting back into the car. She gives them the description of the vehicle. She gives them the um, license plate. Did they have a gun or something like that or anything? I don't, I don't. I would have whooped no. the motherfucking shit out of Steven. If y'all go look at him. No, I don't think that I don't think that she was at gunpoint when he drove when he when he, when he drove. Right her now there. she's just being controlled because her kids. Right. Yeah. So she's like, "Okay, I'm going to get you what you want so you can leave me the fuck alone." How would have Josh how would have Josh known if he if she would have attacked him and got him kicked him out of the car right there and rode home? He would have just seen She just seemed, I don't know. She 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 seemed she's, she's not You could tell by the look on her face in those bank surveillance photos. She, terrified. she is fucking frightened. And when you're terrified, you flight or uh Fight or flight. And some people just aren't the type of person that's going to, that's going to, exactly. Some people aren't the type of person that's going to flail their arms and scream and fight back. Like, like there are people that will do that, but there's also people that are out there that, that they, they freeze up and they're going to do anything that they tell them to do because they think that if they do what they tell them to do, that they're going to let them go unharmed. And if they, if they're not, if they're polite and they're this and that, then it's going to be, you know. Yeah. But also... You know, people that are wealthy ain't used to this kind of shock, you know, Mm -hmm. this kind of trauma. Yeah. So now we're going to go through, we're going to go into the murder, the actual murder, everything that happened. And then after we get done talking about that, then we're going to go back and talk about how the police fucked everything up. Right. So... 
because there's I have a timeline for you. I'm going to tell you the timeline, but you're going to get the nitty gritty details before that. So they, the Cheshire police, Cheshire, sorry, Cheshire, Cheshire police responded to the bank's report of this hostage situation by assessing the situation and setting up the vehicle perimeters without revealing their presence there. Okay. So when so Hayes, basically they were outside of their fucking house. Yes. When Hayes ref- arrived back to the pet at home with Jennifer, they go upstairs and then as soon as they get up there, Combs Arjewski says, tells Stephen that he had sexually assaulted Michaela while they, while he was gone. I knew it. And that uh, that that Hayes needed to quote settle the score and sexually assault Jennifer. Hmm. So he Comas Arjeski. This is where it gets kind of serious, y'all. I just so can't even imagine. Just someone stop for a second, take a breather, because yeah, as a parent. You can't imagine the fear of knowing that your kid just went through that. Well, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming she knew because I'm assuming she was there whenever he told her, or I don't know if he told him in private and then next thing she knows, Stephen Hayes comes in and starts rape, raping her, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. So, but, scary. so, <coughs> excuse me, Combs later admitted to police that he had orally raped Michaela, but that was it. But the state medical examiner found his semen in her body. Fucking sick son of a bitch. Which does it, even if he did just orally rape her, it doesn't make it any fucking better. It sure the fuck doesn't. Like, why are you trying to, like, water, like, sugarcoat your fucking sexual assault? Like, you can't. Ugh. Oh, God. Can't so fucking dirty. relate. Can't relate. Fuck that guy. Fuck him, okay? And also, okay, so forensic testing also showed that there was bleach on Michaela's clothes, which indicated to them that he might have tried to pour bleach on her to eliminate DNA evidence. Right. Which is stupid. Right. But... How old was um, Michaela again? 11. He's a sick son of a bitch. Yeah. So, he... Hayes began to rape Jennifer... What the fuck? And Bill is still alive at this point in the basement and hears his wife getting raped. And he hears... Um, oh, God. He starts yelling from the basement. He's, like, freaking the fuck out. And he... One of the perpetrators, we don't know which one, he hears them yell down and say, don't worry, it's all going to be over in a couple of minutes. So, he said he felt a jolt of adrenaline and he said he felt that he needed to escape after after hearing all the shit that's going on upstairs. Right. Because at this point, he's like, all right, they're raping my wife. They probably raped my children. Like, they're not just here for fucking money. So, right. he's... This has gone too far. We're right, I, yeah. Like, you get that. Yeah. And he said he thought that it's now or never because at that moment, he thought that they were just... He was going to shoot everybody and kill everybody. Which wasn't too far-fetched. No. But he was able to get his wrists free, not his feet. So think in your head of someone who has like duct tape around their feet, right. doesn't have any around their arms. This motherfucker literally hopped up stairs. Right. Like the firefly. The basement in. stairs. He hopped up the basement stairs right. to get out of this basement. 
So the door they came in, you, I just want to stop you for a second and give y'all a picture. This is one of those doors that on, you know, if you see in the country. It looks like a cellar. Like you open them up with two hands. Yeah, and it's like a cellar. You pull it open. Those are the doors that, you know, are in most alleyways and movies. Think of and, Twister. Yeah, think Twister? of Twister. Yeah. When her dad, her dad dies in the beginning of the movie. They open that up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I fucking love Twister. Twister is such a fucking good movie. Ah. Bill Paxton. Oh, rest in peace, Bill Paxton. He's dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, where were we? So he, he hops up the stairs to try to get out to get help. So Hayes is still raping Jennifer. Stephen Hayes is raping Jennifer at this point. And so Joshua Komazardewski comes in and he tells him that Bill has escaped. So he is apparently checking on Bill while... He's raping him, and then he goes down there and sees Bill's not down there anymore. Oh, so he's no. like, he's oh, gone. Shit. He's got. He's he's got. He's he's got away. So, and mind you, people, police were outside while this was going oh, yeah. on. Yeah. Well, well the, yeah. Yes. While he escapes, they watched him escape out of the house. The police did, and did nothing to go inside. Even after being told once. Hey, this lady's being held hostage. She said her whole family is. I mean, I understand. Maybe I'm not a cop and hostage situations are a little different. But if you don't see nothing going on outside, like, and and you got, I feel like somebody has to go break in. We're a SWAT. Well, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to all of that right, shortly. Right. I know. <laughs> I get so, I was so mad. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm fucking mad too. So, Hayes was raping Jennifer, I already said that. Yeah, okay, so he comes in, Bill's escaped, so Stephen Hayes gets pissed and decides he's going to strangle Jennifer now. So he's on top of her and he strangles her and she dies. That's how she died, was of strangulation. So then they decide that they're going to try to burn this house down to get rid of the evidence. So... They, and I say they because they both fucking did it, doused the entire second floor of the house and the kitchen with gasoline. This also included Jennifer's body, Michaela and Haley's bodies, who were still alive at the time. Oh my God. And had pillowcases over their heads. So they didn't even know what was going on. They probably knew what was going on. They probably knew once they started throwing shit on. You can smell gasoline. Oh, yeah. And and that's the fucked up part is they knew that what was going to happen to them. And and that to me, like, I have fucking goosebumps right now because literally my biggest fear is is being caught, like, trapped in a burning house. Right, it's scary. That is my biggest fucking fear. I mean, that's so sad. That's trapped. Like, that has to be one of the, this has to be one of the most brutalist murders i've heard and you know it happened by chance that's the most scariest ones yeah the ones you didn't know you know they didn't know them they until that moment seeing them in the store makes you not even want to go to the fucking store and so they both both of the perpetrators blamed each other for who lit the match and actually started the fires right so i would say to this day there's no there's no really there's no real telling who actually did it? I but think that Josh. It doesn't was matter the because they both they both right. allowed it to happen. I think that Josh was the mastermind, the dominant one, and I think he would have done whatever. I don't know though because like Stephen, Stephen Hayes was older and he looked like the type of guy that like had been in prison before. Like he yeah, looked like kind of like, like a like a scary kind of what's scary, but like 
Right. Like a rough around the edges type of dude. And you look at Coleman Zardewski and he looks like a fucking fifth grader. Yeah, like, but he was very intelligent. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I guess he's intelligent, but he like at the same time, like, I feel like anything. Stephen Hayes could have whooped Coleman Zardewski's ass. Maybe. If he wanted to. Maybe, yeah. I didn't think about that. But. I wish. Yeah, Coleman is definitely smarter, but Stephen Hayes, I feel like, was. Could have. I feel like if I, if I had to pick who I think would win, it would be Stephen Hayes. But yeah. so they attempted after they set this house on fire to flee the scene in the Pettit's SUV. You're dumb. You, you're fucking stupid. Haley, actually, who is Haley was the 17 year old. She managed to escape her restraints after the house was set on fire. And she ran out of her bedroom and she ended up collapsing in the hallway and died of smoke inhalation. Damn. So her body and her body was found at the top of the staircase. So she was so like close. Mm-hmm. Damn, I'd have thrown myself out a window. I and she I guess she, she had third she and had so much third and fourth degree burns on her feet, which they said that that indicated that she got very close to the fire around the time that she died. Right. And they could, but the when they did the autopsy, they couldn't determine whether or not the burns occurred before or after her death. And the right. same was with Michaela. Michaela's body was found in her bedroom. Her hands were still tied to her bed and the her lower body was hanging off of her bed. And she had also died of smoke inhalation. So. Did she have, uh, what was her cause of death? Smoke, smoke, smoke inhalation. inhalation? Yeah. So. Right. Haley, Haley and Michaela, both of the girls died of smoke inhalation and Jennifer was strangled. Right. So. That's crazy. When Bill got out of the, so this is when we're going to get kind of into the, the police stuff. Yeah. He, he got out of the basement and he said that he saw, when he got out, he saw men backyard Men backyard. <laughs> men I'm just leaving words out at this point. <laughs> he saw men backyard. Men backyard. That's what we need to put on a t-shirt. This podcast is sponsored by Men Backyard. No, this podcast is sponsored by our motherfucking t-shirt line. Fuck merchandise yes, line, by the merch. way. Which I know this is a really bad time to promote our merch because we're talking about... We're, we'll just wait. Till, we'll wait till the end of the episode we're, to do yeah, that. We'll give them that. We'll give that. them that respect. We're not excited about the rest of the story, no. though. Well, the, the worst has happened, honestly, at this point. But right. So, Bill gets out yeah. and he sees men in the backyard hiding behind trees. And at this point, Bill doesn't know that these people are police officers. Right. He's, he's probably thinking there's he's more probably people. Think, exactly. There's more oh people God. in on this. How many people are trying to kill me? Like, what the But fuck? it was later revealed that it was police officers. It was police hiding behind trees. Setting up their perimeter. Setting up their perimeters. Um, they could have set up at a perimeter and walked inside and they would have seen everything. Cause, yeah. Like her sister said in the documentary, the windows were all open. But if they were upstairs, I mean. Yeah. At least send somebody in there because nine, nine times out of ten, I doubt they had a gun. I'm about to get pissed off, all right? Right. <laughs> Pour me some more wine. Right. I'm about to get pissed off. All right. So he's hopping over. The police obviously see him. And he's hopping. They just let him hop over to the, to the neighbor's house to get help. Wow. He gets to his neighbor's house. His neighbor does not recognize him because his face is so messed up from fuck? this baseball bat. So he finally figures out what's going on. So then I guess the police call 
or the police, sorry, the police call. They call the police. The neighbor calls the police, and then the police radio in to the police that are already there that Bill Pettit has been found and, and is alive. everywhere, yeah. Yeah. So, the murderers, Hayes and Komzardewski, are trying to flee the scene in the SUV, the Pettit's SUV. They were immediately spotted. Obviously, they were immediately spotted. Because they were there. They immediately spotted and arrested. Pursued and arrested one block away. But this was only after, yeah, they crashed into a police car. Like, handling new. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty nasty looking wreck. And their stupid asses probably thought they got away with it. And then they come out and they're surrounded. Yeah. So at this time. They did all that shit for nothing. At this time, the home invasion and murders and torture and sexual assaults have lasted seven hours. Right. This has been going on for seven fucking hours. Right. Stupid. (sighs) For what though? For what though? You know? What Who they just, got their fifteen thousand dollars, but they didn't get away. They didn't get. They didn't even get that. They got to hold it for a minute and have that right. idolization of, yes, I'm gonna have. Something so here's like that. when here's where the police timeline comes in. Here's where we're all gonna get mad. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I just fucking. And let me mind you, I support police officers. I understand that it's a hard <laughs> job. I can even understand and go as far as thinking it probably wasn't the cops on scene's fault. It was probably somebody higher up that told them they couldn't go proceed forward. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that it was all of one, but it was just like a perfect storm of craziness. I just think it was lack of training, honestly. Yeah. They didn't. They weren't trained to handle that type of situation right, where they, they were. Um, so the police knew exactly when um, Stephen Hayes and Jennifer left the bank. Because yeah. the official call came in at right. Not, what was that? Nothing new. Oh. At nine twenty one a.m. is when the official call from the bank calls c- comes in to the police. Right. And they gave them the address to the house, the phone number that they never called, and and that and see that's what like her sister Jennifer's sister was like, you know, why did they not call? The house they had the phone number. Right. Why didn't you pick up the phone? Call. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. I Something mean, going on. Like answer machine. I don't know. I mean, because a phone ringing could set them off. You know. Right. Maybe they were just thinking about it too much, and then it just they well spent too much time on thinking about it. So at nine twenty one, the official call comes in. So let's fast forward to literally fucking thirty three minutes after this at nine fifty four a.m. They got the call that Bill Pettit had escaped or whatever. Right. And they found him. At 9.56 a.m., the police observe the suspects entering the Pettit's SUV and attempting to flee the scene. This was Mm -hmm. at 9.56 a.m. At 9.57 a.m. is when they first saw fire. Oh, wow. It was first observed. That's, That's crazy. So... The rape and strangulation of Jennifer happened by Stephen Hayes happened while police were on the scene. The fucking dousing of the gasoline happened while police were on the scene. The, the fucking light again. of the match happened while police were on the scene. Everything happened in that last period, in that 30 minutes. While they were setting minutes, up their perimeters. 30 minutes. 
in 30 minutes, these people done had these girls raped, messed with, murdered, and on fire. And there I'm out the door in those 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably sure this has come from now. I'm pretty sure this won't happen again. They probably set up this probably was the case. And oh, it's God, sad that there's even not. these cases. But this, you know, in most cases, there are, you know, cases that end up fucking being the ones that push it over the edge like this one. Yeah. Like, where were you? 30 minutes? Come on, man. Yeah. So, so Jennifer's family has been very vocal about their disapproval of how the investigator, how, how everything was handled. Right. She said, um, she got a call from Bill's sister letting her know that there had been a fucking tragedy. Right. How do you, you tell? know, there you're, yeah. How, how do you tell your sister and your niece, both your nieces are dead. And you know, they investigated the shit out of the dad. Yeah. Because so, he was the only one that survived and he only had hits to his head and his head split open. But she said she didn't even in the documentary, she said she didn't even care that they had the, People murderers in custody, in custody. Yeah, she, she was like, was like i don't give a fuck my, 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 fa family's my family my family's gone yeah right. what are we gonna like who cares that like, they have them in fucking custody like they killed your whole family but guess what we got them like you think i give a fuck like what's i mean with them? good okay i guess but at the same time like right ugh. so she had she, and this is the saddest part her Jennifer's parents are like the sweetest people in the world. They are they are. not? Oh my god! I want to cry. And one of them's a priest, and yeah. he said, "You know, well, he's not a priest. He's a what is it? Reverend. A reverend. I'm sorry. Priest is Catholic. Yeah, that's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. I don't know my religion, dar dar. It's okay. It's okay. I don't think priests are allowed to be married. Oh yeah, that's right. They yeah. Got that or you could just say he was a preacher. A preacher. He preached. He was preaching. They were literally the sweetest, and they were so old and like just like tiny old, like the cutest old tiny old. Like your whole family couple. gets wiped out, basically. Your she daughter, had to, her whole bloodline. She had to tell. She had to tell her parents. The, Imagine this. being Bill. Yeah. So exactly. Imagine being Bill. He apologized to him when they yeah. came into the room. See, this is I don't know. And maybe it's because I always think the husband is guilty of something, and that could be me just being a bitch. I still haven't been a hundred percent convinced he wasn't involved. What it, what makes what leads you to believe that he you don't think that? But or, then that it also involved. could come back to him being a doctor. He just didn't act right at the funeral to me. I don't. I know I'm not one of those people to say people grieve differently. I get that. But your whole fucking family, how did was you able to make a eulogy? Your whole family was murdered and literally almost in front of you. Yes, but at the same time, I, He's I, a I will say no, not about him being a doctor. Just I will say people people grieve differently. Right. I don't think that you can judge someone's innocence or guilty based no, on how can't. they react. Like it might be like a little bit of suspicion. Like okay, why are it's you not crying? To me, then, but at the same time, there's time, no. I don't. I feel like there's no like root to it. Every time you know? that he was talking on camera or anything, he just didn't look. He was he was very he looked sad. Don't yeah, me wrong. he he just seemed like a like a somber like I don't know. Maybe he just was like you he know wasn't what? like bawling his eyes out. We'll put it that. But way. But it could be also you know with somebody working that long of hours, his bond typically wasn't probably as strong as the mother's bond would be. Well, no, but I, I sound mean, like a bitch when I say that. Don't I? <laughs> 
<laughs> but do you know what I'm talking about? No, yeah, I get what you're saying. But I guess that is his kids and his wife, so yeah. like there has to be I don't know. I, I just don't think convinced. I don't think there's I don't think there's a right or they wrong way to No, you're right. You know. But they didn't convince me that he's not fucking involved at all. Just how? Like it just don't make sense. I think if he was involved that they that the that the people would have given him up as the mastermind behind it all. Yeah, typically. I do think that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right there. Cause I'm, but if they have already got so many strikes and they've literally, you know, maybe shit got out of hand. But then, yeah, you're right. They would have probably said something. I don't know. Yeah, so her, her parents went and visited Bill in the hospital. And they said, like you said earlier, immediately he, he like started to apologize to them that he couldn't save them. Sorry, Bill. Don't and... really accuse you. <laughs> I'm just suspicious of everybody. Right. Everyone's a suspect. Right. And so they were like, you know, we're just happy that you're alive, you know, and there wasn't anything that he could have done. I mean, they really, honestly, I don't really think there was anything that he could have done to save them. Maybe he could have tried to escape faster than he did. Right. But But at the same time, he got fucking baseball batted to the front of the face. He, we're going to, we're going to share photos of his, of his shit afterwards. He was fucked up. I shouldn't have said that when I said, now that I think about the evidence, I think I was doing my feelings over evidence you've watched you, too many dateline nbc's i sure the fuck have where it's always the it's always the husband <laughs> or something it's somebody close to you typically or uh, um that's what's so rare about this is that nine times out of ten it was a random crime this was a random I and mean, it's you know some people think oh my god a random shit happened all the time but it really doesn't not typically, nothing to this most, extent no mostly murders like this are from somebody very close exactly to exactly so she, they're, her mother, her mother's name is Maybell. Mm. Maybell, I love you. Mm. She wrote letters to the police department, you know, talking about how she was not happy with the way they handled the situation. Her sister wrote letters. Her dad wrote letters. They all wrote letters. Damn, what they year said, was this? Maybe she should I mean, it was email. after the... That's not funny. After 2007. I mean, I don't know if it was letters or emails. It could have been. Well, no, she said letters said, in the documentary, and I thought, damn, they write letters? Well, like, I mean, they're old. Yeah, <laughs> was, right. You know, they're old. They're old-fashioned. Older, elderly. So, they, they, t- they told the police that they felt that they were too focused on catching the perpetrators rather than saving the lives that, yeah. of the family. And they had, you know, a few different questions about what you know they wanted answers to they said why did the police not state their presence via intercom and say we have you surrounded come out with your fucking hands up then they would have known they couldn't go out so they wouldn't have set a house on fire why was jennifer not held at the bank they want to know that yeah why okay let me go back to this the fucking bank how do you just run into your dark little office and you're, I mean, I get it. You're saying there has to, there has to be a protocol has, for stuff like that because stuff to. like that happens. I'm sure, like, still the fairly door often. Shut. Like, they should have sealed her in there. Like, clink, clink, you can't get out now. Um, and she could have flipped out. My babies, my kids, my husband. But yeah, I mean, and then and then they could have sent the police to the house to, to, save, the the girls, to save the get girls. Get Komazarjevsky. Yeah, Stephen Hayes maybe could have gotten away, but at least they would have saved their lives. Right. Yeah, that's exactly correct. At least they would have saved Maybe their lives. Maybe the call from the bank is what made it go south. Do you honestly think that they were going to kill them regardless? 
They want to, and, and her sister said she wanted to know why it took so long for police to even look in the house to see what was going on. Her sister's because a bomb ass bitch. I'm going to tell she you. Is. She because is. Because she's like us. She was like, I'm very invested. I'd be I the same way. The I'd be the same way like, if my if, sister got God fucking forbid, murdered. If something ever happened to anybody I know, like on a close level, I want to see their body. I want to see everything. Like, I have to for my own good. There's no way I can accept anything less than yeah. a full investigation by me. So she brought, she shit, brought up the blinds and the curtains right. again. She like said there were no the blinds. Blind. There were no curtains. You could have at least, like, looked in something. Right. Something. There's something that they could have done. They could have done better than what they did. And, and her mother, Maybell, was like, why did y'all not attempt to gain interest to the house after Bill broke out exactly and You're was just seen a blood badly body. beaten like what the fuck you know yeah. they saw him get out of that basement yeah you know they saw him get out of so that fucking basement they watched him hop across the lawn to the neighbors yeah so you would think they think okay something's fucking going on in there he could have screamed or said hey you know they're raping my kid in there they're doing bad shit yeah. And they didn't, and I don't think they even would have gained injury then. I think they would have, by then, wasn't the house smoking when he was at, coming out? No, I don't think so, because he said that he never smelled smoke or knew that there was a so fire. So, hold on, how was they so close like that, and how was they able to get a car and get in it and get down the road a block if the police were surrounded there? Probably, I would Somebody say, because they were, I would say to... there was like an attached garage maybe that they got into the um car and then backed out of the garage and then they just backed out like super fast down the street and yeah and then that's when they crashed okay yeah i mean yeah i mean that's what i think more sense but then right then and there that tells you that somebody told them to stay back don't do nothing somebody had to tell them to stay back not to move forward Mm -hmm. because you're right they were choosing to get the bad guys instead of save lives yeah but I guess, I, I don't know, because I guess whenever Jennifer told the bank teller and the bank manager called the police, Jennifer told the bank teller that she didn't believe that they were going to hurt her as long as she got everything that they asked for. So I'm thinking, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Right. But, and, and I don't necessarily, I'm not condoning what the police, I'm just trying to think on the other side of things. Right. Maybe the police didn't think that the situation was, was as serious as, as it, it was. Right. They probably thought, oh, this, this could not even turn out. So they was probably just chilling. Maybe. Until, I bet you they didn't That's get the into... only excuse I can make right. for them. That's I, the only excuse I can make for them. I is that the was... fact that Jennifer told them that she didn't think she was going to be harmed if she did what they told her to do. So they were like, okay, right. we're good. So, yeah, until they seen him busting out of the goddamn basement. Yeah. And he looks like he's a fucking victim And a messed, something. the super messed up part about all this is That's the police, shit started getting the police never sat down with the Hawk family. How the fuck? And answered their questions. They or bro- or broke down back- what happened right. as they arrived on the scene. They never did that. And so the town manager of Cheshire did a press conference shortly after the murders praising the police, the police yeah, and fire department's efforts and how job. they handled the situation. He said, and I quote, 
He was very proud of them. They were extremely well trained and a great group of professionals. I cannot thank them enough without because without their great work, this would have been a far worse tragedy. What far worse could have happened? Exactly. And imagine it that the dad died too. That's the only right. thing that could have happened. Imagine if it being your fucking family and you hear the goddamn cops on there. And this is why we're in the trouble we are today with police. That you hear fucking, oh, well, they're doing a phenomenal job. It's like their ego's got to be stroke or they're going to quit their job and we won't have police. Like, I don't get that. I don't understand how he could stand up there and just... Another crazy thing, though, about the police situation is that Bill Pettit said that he supported the police and <laughs> how they handled the situation. Which, I don't know why yeah, cause he's or alive. how he could say that. He's alive. But at the same time, I don't want to further try to put this man down. Right, because he's, he's already lost everything in his life. So counter days. They get they get Stephen Hayes and Joshua Komazardewski in custody, and immediately they both confess to the murder. Immediately. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Duh. They <laughs> their fucking asses are caught. Yeah. So. Both of them claimed that the other one was the was the mastermind of course, we knew behind that was it. Happen. Yeah, yeah. And one thing that made me really sick is I don't know. They played some of it on the documentary, but I listened to the whole entire tape right. of Komazardevsky's uh, confession. And what really bothered me was the fact that he kept referring to Michaela as KK. Why? Because KK was a nickname that she, that her family called her and that they, her mom used to like talk to her during the, during what was going on. She called her KK. This motherfucker. And this motherfucker sits here and thinks that he can just call her fucking Like by the name that her family gave her. Yeah. Like you sick son of a bitch. Exactly. He's like that weird guy at a bar. so gross That like nobody likes and comes in and he starts using nicknames like yeah, Scooter, blah, blah, blah and he don't know none of them. Like that's awkward. Yeah. Like you're a weird motherfucker. Yeah and he he, when he talked about talking to Michaela, talking about music and fucking shooting the shit. Like, I'm like, okay, well, did you talk to her about this before or after you fucking raped her, you nasty motherfucker? Like, you're a disgusting son of a bitch. Ugh. So. Sick. Yeah, I say, this is is a tough one. uh, So, Combs Arjewski also, later in his diary, he blamed Dr. Pettit, Bill Pettit, for this, for the murders. He said, he called Dr. Pettit a coward and claimed that he could have saved his family if he wanted to. I wonder what he means by that. What do you think? Are you are you are you thinking? Are you thinking? There goes my mind again. <laughs> is your mind going again? I'm telling you, dude. Are you Who thinking again, Brandy? Who said that again? Komazarjevsky. Hmm. Joshua Komazarjevsky said that. I bet that. you, if that's not the case, he was probably um, making it seem like it was. Or maybe that guy's got so much pull. I mean, he is a doctor. You never know. You never fucking know. And mm. you think they're going to believe two motherfucking people? I'm not. I mean, I'm not I mean, on. I'm not, I'm not on that. team. He had something to do with it. Right. But everyone's entitled to, to think maybe, openly maybe about thought, the situation. And this is just me freely open and thinking. Um, don't quote me on it, stupid. Someone's gonna, someone's <laughs> gonna quote gonna you quote on me. it. <laughs> I should make that a shirt. Don't quote me. <laughs> um, 
But um, maybe that's what his impression was. What that maybe that's what he was trying to do, without actually saying it. I doubt. I, I don't think so because I feel like if he because they were both trying to blame each other. Comas are definitely getting hate no, blaming I'm saying, each other. I think Joshua or whatever his name is. Said that to get people thinking, possibly the dad did something, oh. but he didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Maybe. trying to play games. It's possible. If that he was a coward, how was he a coward? You hit him in the head with a bat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> While he was asleep. What do you think he is? A goddamn fucking While he was gladiator? Asleep, might I like, add. Yeah, like you catch somebody off guard. I would be pissed if I have to wake up to a bat to the head. Right. I'm gonna be really upset. So they had they got two separate trials. Hayes, Stephen Hayes' trial began on September 13th, 2010. The jury was composed of seven men and five women. Right. Hayes' defense attorney tried to paint Komazardewski as the mastermind behind everything. And said that he was the one that was responsible for escalating the violent nature of the crime from just a burglary to a sexual assault and murder. Which one said something about horses? Remember in the beginning? Steven Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a liar. He wanted to get loose. His horses wanted to get loose. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I don't either. But like, I'm going to rack my brain all night like, let's get these horses loose. Does he mean like... Well, they his... say, well, like, hold your horses. Because that's what he said. Hold your horses. And Steven was like, horses want to get loose, man. Oh, he's being weird. He's that's... trying to be funny. I'd have hung up on him right there. He's trying to be funny. And... That's the word. But the prosecutors argued that both of the perpetrators shared equal responsibility, which right. I agree with. I agree with the prosecutors. I agree. Um, the jury deliberated for about five hours, and they reached a guilty verdict on verdict on October 5th, 2010. The jurors then had to decide if Stephen Hayes would be executed or spend life in prison. The first day of the deliberations, the jury was split over whether to recommend life in prison or death. So they deliberated for another 17 hours over the course of four days before reaching a decision. And on November 8th, 2010, the jury returned with a recommendation that Hayes be executed. And Hayes smiled upon hearing the jury's recommendation of the death sentence. Oh, yeah. So for the first time in the state history of Connecticut... The judicial branch had to offer post-traumatic stress assistance to the jurors of this case yeah. because of how and we don't even disgusting have the full it was. information on what they did to them either. Well, we do we do know that Komazarjevsky filmed and videotaped, took photos of his assault of Michaela, and those oh videos those videos were shown in the court. Oh, my God. So, you can only imagine why they needed fucking therapy after that. Yeah, your brain can't shut that shit off. Yeah, so that's... It's, you have to be built for this kind of work. For the stuff that we look and see at every day. Mm-hmm. I know we ain't, like, fucking cops or nothing, but... No. The shit that we look <laughs> Not at, at every day... But, yeah, it gets, it gets fucking heavy sometimes. You have to take a break sometimes. And yeah. I just couldn't imagine... Ha- and you have to watch all that shit. When you are a juror, you have to sit there and watch all that evidence. Mm-hmm. And that even includes you watching a man rape a girl or a child. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It was, it was uh... It's fucking sad. It was fucked up. So, he smiled upon hearing his recommendation of the death sentence. I'm glad he was happy about that, because I am too, but 
they the judge gave Hayes an official execution date of May 27th, 2011. But the judge said that this date was a formality because if Hayes decided to appeal the case, right. his execution could be delayed for fucking ever. And who's not? And then decades. when it's a death penalty case, you automatically get the appeal. Right. You automatically, I mean, you get an appeal regardless. So he knows that that date wasn't going to last. So Komazarzewski's trial began on September 19th, 2011. His attorneys blamed Hayes for the murder. Like they just are ping-ponging the... The fucking blame back and forth. Um, they said that he was a confused and easily led man who did not intend to kill anyone. Sure. Whatever. He was found guilty yeah, on October thirteenth. Fucking recorded somebody. Oh, Two thousand eleven. What about Michaela? So nobody messed with Michaela. Was she sexually? You mean Haley? Assault? I'm sorry, Haley. No, I mean I don't think there was any evidence of her being sexually assaulted. That's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm glad she didn't get. It's just altogether sad. Right. Child. It's so sad. So he was found guilty October 13th, 2011. And on January 27th, 2012, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. July 20th, 2012 was set as his execution date. So, you know, you would think that the family would be happy about the outcome of this. Right. But no. August 2015. 2016, I'm sorry. No, 2015. The Connecticut Supreme Court declared all capital punishment inconsistent with the state's constitution, effectively commuting all of the killer's sentences to life imprisonment. Now they just get, yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, after her, the family was not, was not happy about this. I wouldn't be either. I'm I'm not. I'm a fucking, I am a advocate for the death penalty. I am too. And I do say that that there are, that there are some times that people can be sentenced to death and they are innocent. Right. I believe that. Tag in fucking West Memphis three over here. We're not going to get started on that one tonight. Let's not get her started on that. (laughs) That's her favorite case in the whole world and we will be going over it. That's going to be a fucking eight parter. But like, I'm telling you, (laughs) Like, why the fuck? I think the death penalty should be there for people that harm or rape children. I think that if you rape a child, you need to die. Because there's no fixing you. If you're a pedophile, there's no fixing you. Mm -mm. There's no rehabilitation that's going to help. There's no drug that's going to do it. Unless you're going to castrate them, but they'd still have hands. They would still find a way to assault a child. That's true. So you could either chop their dick and their hands off and let them go on about their way. At least then we would know they're fucking pedophiles and stay away from them. Right. I think they need to have a tattoo on their fucking head. Yeah, if they're not going to hang them from their fucking balls. Put pedo on their fucking head and... Well, just kill him. Thomas okay. tried to commit suicide in prison. Good. Um, Good. <laughs> I hope he suffered Deed. somewhat. And I, I don't even like being like he that. He tried to hang himself. And, um, but then, but then after that, he miraculously bounced back. And God in September good. 2019, um, he requested a new trial. And the Supreme Court agreed to review his request for a new trial. That's just him trying so, to use his, um, and it's going to be the same. But the reason, reason the, well, the reason for the for the new, new trial is that his attorneys didn't use the claim they were failed to be provided with recordings of the calls between officers during the response to the home invasion. 
Right, the trans. They argued that the reason the home invasion escalated to a triple murder was because of the police's untimely response. So they're blaming the police, even yeah. though they were the ones there. They're the blaming closet. the police, even though they actually killed them. Right, you get the fuck. Which out I of can here. blame the police, but I didn't actually kill them. Right. So <laughs> I blame all of them, honestly. Right. What the fuck? So they in September 2019, the Supreme Court agreed to review his request, and they had like. A few hearings on it, I think. And um, he has to be in protective but, custody. But oh, hold on, I forgot. I, I got to backtrack. I forgot something. The reason that these recordings were not provided originally is because they were said to be destroyed in a lightning strike that oh. struck the fucking police station. How crazy is that? In 2010, right before his trial started. But then the backups were found at the Cheshire Town Hall in 2014. And the prosecutors said that nothing in the recordings will warrant a new trial. Right. So. You're a fucking pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. The recordings included one call between a sergeant and officer in which they talked about intercepting uh, the Pettit car after it left the bank, but the police did not intercept it. So they talked about intercepting it, but they didn't. So it's your fault that I went and killed these people because you didn't yeah. stop me. That's the dumbest shit. Yeah. So the judge did did not approve his request for the trial. Or I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Combs Ardevsky argued that he did not receive a fair trial due to the location in which it was held. Yeah. The judge did not approve his request for the trial to be moved from New Haven to Stamford, Connecticut. Right. And he and Comas Ardessi claims that there was a lot of prejudice against him in New Haven and that it was not possible for him to receive a fair trial there. Because you're a murderer. Because you did some fucked up shit, okay? You're not going to get a fair trial anywhere. Right. I hope that nobody would let him free. And that's what, like, scares me is because I'm like, all right, they're going to be put to death, put to death, so they could, you never know what could happen with them. They could escape. In the future. They, so in October 2019, they, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments of this new trial that they're proposing. What so date? there's October 2019. So there's still, I mean, I'm right. assuming because COVID-19 probably held some stuff back. But well, that happened in 2020. They're so still maybe- actively, like... He might get a he might get a new trial. Oh God! He might get a new trial. Well, so let's hope not. And also, as of 2019, Stephen Hayes now identifies as transgender, claiming to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria at a young age, but never receiving therapy for it. But now he's getting all his nice hormone therapy in prison, paid by the tax dollars of fucking America. Don't even give me fucking. I'm not. I get you started. I don't care about any. I like. I'm all for people that want that done. But I feel like if you're a fucking murderer and a pedophile, I don't give a fuck what you identify you, yeah. as. You should identify as a fucking pedophile. You should identify and I think as. That it's putting a black yourself. eye on transgender because he's copping out and saying. And what happens? If, what happens if trans- he does get a sex change? Is he going to get moved to a woman's prison? Right. So it'll be more easier for him. So he's a child murderer. He he raped a woman, and now he's using the transgender community. To shield himself so he can have a free life. 
fuck, I say fuck that. I'm all for anybody who wants to have that change that is a legal citizen that doesn't break the fucking law by raping and killing and burning a, a people up in a house for no fucking apparent reason but for money. I believe that you should just fucking die, sir. Yeah, I, that would I be believe that too. Very if you would just die, that would then be great. we would all be like really happy. So. Like everybody have a great day, but fuck you, Stephen just, Hayes. Just die. That's going on a shirt too. And Combs Ardusky, don't forget him. I can't even say that last name, but Joshua. <laughs> Count your days, bitch. Joshua. So, let's talk about a little bit of the aftermath and how things, some positive that came out of this tragedy. Because there's a little bit of positive that came oh, okay. out. As, as positive as you can get in a situation like this. Right. Um, and on July 31st, which is about a week after the murder, 2007, mm-hmm. the governor ordered electronic monitoring of paroled burglars. And they didn't do this already? Apparently not. And also, on in 2007 of that... 2007 of that year. September of that year, 2007... She also banned parole for violent offenders and ordered a review of all convicts that were already on parole. That's good. And what was the date and the year that this happened? This happened on July 23rd, 2007. 2007. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, January 25th, 2008, the governor signed a 43-page crime bill, which... Home invasion became a new class of crime, which could result in a prison sentence of up to 25 years. Right. They're saying, basically, like, you go into somebody else's house, you're going to spend the rest of your, at least... You're getting fucked. At least 25 years in prison. I mean, it's better than what the fuck poor pet family had to go through. Right. For this to change. I would, I would, like, buy, like, I would voluntarily spend life in prison if it meant that I didn't have to get burned alive. That's God. all I'm saying. That is the worst so, way to go. That exactly. Drowning. I feel like I feel like burning alive is gonna be worse alive, than that. It's just that's I don't a know, whole but other. See, I always for... I always told myself that if I'm ever caught in a fire, I'm just gonna go. <gasps> so I can hurry up and dive smoke inhalation before I start burning. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, like most of the people that are in a fire actually die. Like I'm saying, if I if I know before, if I know I can't get out, they die smoke. If I know I'm not yeah. getting out, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to right. just speed she it up just a little off bit. Herself right there, she's no. gonna try to fight. Me. No, yeah, I'm gonna try there's to get no, out. But if there's no way if out, there's no way out. Yeah, your girl's gonna huff and puff until she can't huff and puff. You know anymore. what I would do? I'd get a wet rag if I could, and just. You're supposed to put it over your face, like a wet, get some, get What's a rag, get a rag, and so what you do, when there's a fire in the house, I was always told, one, you want to sleep with your doors shut at night, mm-hmm. because if there's a fire, it blocks it from coming into your room. Mm-hmm. And also, if some, by some chance you're in an area that you can get wet, a, like a, an entire towel, you can put that over your body and be able to run through. Huh. And it it keeps you somewhat wet. That's cool. I never knew that. Yeah, but you want to try to stay low to the ground because the heat rises or mm-hmm. the um, smoke is. I rising. do remember from fire safety. They say before you open up a door, you want to touch the door handle and, and make sure see, it's hot, yes. not hot. Because if it's hot, that means there's you more back fire to fuck on the up other and go side. out the window, basically. So yeah. remember, kids and family and adults. Um, Sleep with your door shut. I sleep with my door open because I have anxiety. But all of my kids sleep with their doors open. But if you sleep, you need to really have your doors shut. And that's my fire tip for the day. 
This podcast is this sponsored podcast. by Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear. And he wants fire safety. So about a year after the murders in May 2008, the home was demolished to make room for a memorial garden mm-hmm. that they put there. So the home is no longer there. But there's a memorial garden, which I would like to visit someday. Maybe we should. No it's kind of far we'll away, though. It Connecticut. Oh, it's already on my list. Okay. But it's just kind of far out of the way, you know? It's like fucking, it's a long way up there. Right. But okay. Dr. Or, um, I, I, I keep calling him Dr. Pettit, William Pettit, Billy. Billy Pettit, whatever. Right. Um, he established a scholarship fund in Michaela's name to the school that she attended and he also established the Haley's Hope and Michaela's Miracle MS Memorial Fund for his wife. And on January 6, 2008, over 130,000 luminary candles were lit in front of thousands of homes in Cheshire, Connecticut in the Cheshire Lights of Hope, which was a fundraiser for MS and a tribute to the Pettit family. Funded by a local couple... Um, and the event raised over a hundred thousand dollars for MS. And, um, so Bill Pettit went on and started the Pettit Family Foundation. And, um, this is kind of a little weird to me, but I mean, do you boo boo? Um, he met this lady, Christine Plouf, when she was volunteering with the Pettit Family Foundation. Right. And then they decided that they loved each other and wanted to you know, get married and stuff. I'm not even going to say anything. So they got married. I mean, I mean, I mean, good for him, but he said, he said, he said that he, he had to receive a blessing from Jennifer's parents before he did this. So (laughs) at least, I mean, I'm glad y'all can't see my face right now. At least he, at least he cared enough about her adorable parents and i love so so much. So dearly now that I don't know because I'm cold hearted too, but I just don't, I don't know. What's wrong with me inside I don't, I don't, that I don't, I don't want to feel believe, happiness for this man? I don't believe that he did anything wrong. I Something really inside me will not let my happiness come out for this man. What is wrong with me, y'all? I don't know. Maybe you need to go to the uh, player haters ball. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> What's that bitch so, say when she's walking in? Any of you white motherfuckers look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hope all the bad things happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love the player haters ball. Oh my all right. God. Well, anyway, so they got married oh, in 2012. I was thinking of that one movie. What? The fucking, it has, um, you can do it, put your ass into it. It's, um, what is it? Lisa Ray's in it and they're strippers and, um, you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Shit. I know somebody out here. Hold on. Hold on. Player, it's the player's. The Are you talking about the Players Club? Yeah. The Players Club. I fucking love the Players yeah. Club. Oh my God. It's so funny that you yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. I used to watch that shit when I was like 12 years old, late oh at night God. on fucking VH1. Me it would too. come on. My... I'd fucking watch that shit and she'd like beat that bitch's ass at the end. That right. was like fucking That's her man. That's what I was talking about when yes. she walks into that room and she says, any of you white motherfuckers. And it's a TikTok because a lot of people use it on TikTok. It has me fucking. No, dead. see, I was talking about Life the player, player haters ball from uh, the Chappelle show. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> we to... Well, that's fine. I I love both of those things. The Players right. Club is a good movie, and the Chappelle show is a good show. This movie, this uh, podcast is sponsored by the Players Club. Yeah, so go watch it. Yeah. Um, in 2012, they got married. 
And uh, about a year later, they welcomed a son who is William Pettit III. Um, and Bill... Can you imagine your father having a whole life before you right. were born? And, like, this tragic thing happened? Right. Bill never returned to his practice because he said that he wanted to focus on being active in his family's foundations. Right, yeah. Um, he contemplated running for Congress as a Republican, but later decided okay. against it. Yeah. But the following election cycle, he successfully com- campaigned for the Connecticut General Assembly, Assembly. Assembly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now serves. Shoes on the other foot. Now you can't talk. And now serves. <laughs> state, Typically, it's me. State representative, and that's all she fucking wrote. And that is Cheshire or shit. Cheshire. There we go. You got me back. That's Cheshire. what happened. Cheshire murders, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but this is why we're here, okay? We're trying to give y'all the the scoop on these murders, man. So you can use this shit and keep it in your file, in your head, in case you ever get murdered. Exactly. Or think you're going to get murdered. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. I'm always assuming something bad's going to happen, so I try my best to always be prepared, but you never know. Somebody might fucking... Somebody might see you at the stop and shop. God, don't say that. I'm never going to the store. This is why I get shit delivered to me because, and then I wait for them to literally then, drop my shit off then, so they don't see me. But then, if people are delivering shit to your house, a bunch of random people have your fucking address. Did you ever think about that? Well, now I have. And now <laughs> that you've said that, I don't ever want to order nothing again. You need, to get gonna, a, you need to get a P.O. box for your DoorDash, okay? I'm literally just going to stay in the fucking <laughs> have house. Have them leave it in the P.O. box. Then you run up to the post office, check your P.O. box, get your fucking McDonald's and oh go home. Oh, my God. I'm never... That's what you got to do. Oh, my God. But they should know. Just know. It's like Fort Knox around my house. I'm going to figure it the fuck out. She's got cameras, so don't fucking try nothing crazy. <laughs> I did. Yeah, don't even look me up. You don't know nothing about me, buddy. This podcast does not even exist. This podcast is sponsored by Ring. <laughs> Ring doorbell. Ring Get doorbell. one if you don't have one. Yeah. Yeah, well. This was fun, you guys. Yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed it. I mean, as much as, like I always say, since this is the end of every, every episode, I think. As much as you can enjoy a story about murder. brutal fucking murder. Right. Yeah, I hope you guys... Um, Subscribe to our podcast. Oh, yeah. Now we can promote our merch line yes, that we have. And now it's boom, not boom, inappropriate. Boom, 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 boom. We, we got, got a merch line. Merch. We got fucking fanny packs <laughs> and, and fucking If you are into coronavirus, stickers. we got masks, too. We got masks that say easy killer. And isn't that funny because coronavirus is a killer? And so like you don't want it you don't want it coming at you you want it to be easy you want it to stay easy so you're like easy killer easy right. corona easy corona yeah damn we should make it so you can find the uh link to that in our bio yes, of our instagram which is at easy killer podcast or you can find us on facebook at easy killer podcast on there our page is easy killer podcast yeah, and Literally TikTok. just like that. And then we have a TikTok. It's at Easy Killer Podcast now. And if you want to send a story in about anything that you think that we should talk about, you can email us at easykillerpodcast.gmail.com. Yeah, and we got a website coming soon, too. So we sure do. We, we got sure a lot of, do. A lot of shit. This fancy shit. We got We're a lot of to... shit in the fucking queue coming to and you. And I want to say thank you. 
for supporting. Thank you so much. If you're still at the end of this podcast, as long as we've gone on, if you're still here listening, then I you are fucking love you. And y'all need to stay tuned because we're going to be doing giveaways and all kind of fun shit. So yeah, strap uh, strap your fucking something on. Not strap on. Strap yourselves in. (laughs) Strap yourself in. It's we're coming at you. Bumpy motherfucking right. All right. Have a nice night. Have a nice night and take it easy, killer. Easy, killer.